Not only have elder care facilities changed considerably from their original form, but so have the life courses, acuity levels, and needs of the people who live within them. This book is designed to move the reader through and beyond the many fears that attend the social conditions of old age to a renewed sense of hope as we witness the connections that bind us to one another to the end of our days. Because of how old age is currently structured, the outstanding opportunity of the longevity dividend may at times appear to be a social problem. But the social problem is not our longer lives and slower deaths. The problem is our lack of a language and a series of practices that will help us experience longevity in ways that are fulfilling and expanding for participants. This is not to say that no one in our midst has figured out how to navigate the new social terrain of old age. Rather, that knowledge and experience are not shared as they might be. They get caught or trapped in the memories of individual families who have helped their loved ones die, and more specifically, they are housed in the minds and understanding of workers who routinely help others navigate the waters of old age and dying. In what follows, I challenge readers to think about the possible role of institutions in these developments. Is it possible for dying to combine professional expertise with familial support? I argue that we need to have open minds as we seek the wisdom to make the last years of life manageable. Some will turn to religion, others to medicine, and some to a host of other professionals, social workers, nurses, nurses' aides, and hospice workers, who have made this stage of life the subject of their paid employment. Right now in the United States, we want to age well. We just have not decided how to do that within the limits of our bodies and the context of our culture. Doing death differently is an opportunity. We need not long for a time when accidents and unmitigated diseases killed us quickly, or when old age was a rarity rather than a likelihood, or for a time when gender regimes required women to provide unpaid care to the aged and dying at home. None of these reversals is likely to occur, nor does it need to, in order to find our way through to not just dying, but also living differently. In this book, I intend to convey the clarity and confidence that elder care workers already possess. I argue that our approach to death could be improved if we seize on what these workers know. Studying the End of Life the stories and findings I convey here are drawn from over 50 interviews with chaplains, social workers, physicians, certified nurses' aides, CNAs, nurses, residents, and administrators. Interviews were semi-structured, meaning that I went in with about 20 questions, but also followed up on stories and insights from each participant. Each interview lasted from 20 minutes to 3 hours. Potential interviewees were invited to participate using the snowball sampling technique, in which the first participant recommends or refers additional voluntary participants. The snowball sampling technique uses existing social and occupational networks to reach a growing number of participants over time. The majority of these participants were living or working in the primary research site, Winthrop House, while the rest worked or lived in nearby facilities.